hello. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, 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 hello. This feels like one of those, like the, what is it, technique in acting. Wow, I've been out of acting class for so long that I don't even remember. Where you copy people? Or, oh, when you just say one word, but you have to like say it with different meanings? Yes, the Meisner technique. Meisner? This whole podcast will be discussed with the word hello. Hello? That's that's more like the hello that happens here. Hello? <laughs> Who's there? Hello. <laughs> this is two girls, one ghost. Two girls. Oh, wait, damn it. Two girls, one ghost. <laughs> two girls, one ghost. That's different. Uh, okay, I felt like after editing last week's episode, I left everyone hanging. You included, Corinne. What? So Why? What did we do? What happened? Because I did not tell people, and I did not do the research last week, on how far Zeta Reticuli, the galaxy, was. Oh, yes. You texted me the answer. Yes. And- but I wanted to fill everyone else in. <laughs> yeah. Because it is just crazy. It's just too far, is what it is. <laughs> just way too far. So Zeta Reticuli is 39.17 light years away, which apparently it takes 37,200 years to travel one light year. So meaning it would take over 1,457,124 years to get to Zeta Reticuli. Which is just so insane. And also, I learned when you told me that, that I didn't know what a light year was. I had no idea how many years because I was like, oh, wait, so 39 years? <laughs> I didn't understand that our years and light years are very, very They're different. Very different. Very different. It's just that it would be crazy to have to say 37,200 years times however light years it is. Math, man. Math. Well, basically, it's so far away that it's kind of unfathomable that anyone or anything could get here. It just means that our technologies are very slow and our brains are not the best. No. it's. I was thinking about that the other day because, you know, when you apply for jobs, sometimes they give you those test i think that's just for your career yeah probably because there's a lot of math involved which is my downfall so i don't know why (laughs) i'm doing this but i was thinking about it because most people when i was looking at the likert scale the like you know when you you rate yourself like never or always you know or sometimes yeah i was thinking about it because there were a lot of questions that were like asking you to rate yourself against previous coworkers. like are you the same as them are you less than them are you better than them and I was thinking about it, and I was like, obviously, everyone is going to say that they're above average. Who's going to be right. like, like, everyone thinks highly of themselves, you know? You never think that you're below average, but half the people have to be, you know? But I think I think people do think they're below average, too. Well, so here's where I was going with this, is this podcast has made me believe I am incredibly below average when it comes <laughs> to understanding this sort of world and just science and <laughs> quantum Math. physics and numbers <laughs> engineering yeah. like i don't i can't i don't know <laughs> cannot compute i was meant to just make like little felt animals and that was what <laughs> i was supposed to contribute to the world nothing else do you make felt animals on the regular no no i watched the <laughs> i watched the show yesterday uh with Nick Offerman and Amy Poehler. They do a crafting show. No way. On Netflix or something. I don't know if it's on Netflix. It's only the second episode that just aired. So I'm assuming 
it will go on to Netflix, but okay. you could probably watch it from on demand. But I just love it, and they're so funny. And there's one guy that's on there. Actually, there's a girl from Vermont, so I was like rooting for her the whole time. Go Vermont! Wow! But <laughs> there's a guy who specializes in felt, and so he made felt tacos. So that's why I was thinking about felt. Because I was just really impressed, and then I was like, you know what? Maybe I should get into felting. Maybe that's your calling. Destiny is calling. <laughs> oh my gosh, guess what? I slept walk for the very first time ever mm-hmm. when I was in Vegas. You stayed in the room, right? You didn't leave? No, I stayed in the room. Oh, good. But this room was like very big because there were like 40 of us staying there. But I, it, was, it must have been like 4 a.m. People were still hanging out in like the main area of the room, like hanging out, drinking. It's Vegas. And um, I apparently just started... I left the room and just started walking across the room and everyone's like, what are you doing, Sabrina? And I just didn't respond. And I just kept walking. And then apparently I just two minutes later came back and then went back into bed. I wonder what you did. Just stood in the corner and talked to the demon that lives in the wall. (laughs) Hey, how you doing? Vegas is not the right place to be sleepwalking. That's kind of scary. I was, I mean, I stayed in the room, so that's good. That's good. And there were witnesses. People were awake and watching you. So if you did anything really shady, hopefully they'd be able to catch you before it was too late. (laughs) Like pee in the corner of the room or something? Or just like run out. Like I I slept rock one time when I was little at my, well, I slept rock a lot, but at my grandparents and I ran down the stairs and tried to leave their house and run outside. But my mom was awake and she tackled me. (laughs) So scary. She tackled you. She tackled me. She said it was really, really scary because she threw me down onto the air mattress. Like when she got me upstairs, I was like kind of trying to fight her. Not fight her, but like (laughs) I'm not surprised by that at all. Of course you I was trying to to wiggle out of her grip. So (laughs) she said she shoved me, pushed me onto the air mattress, and she said I was stiff as a board and went right back up, just stood back up like something was like like I was levitating horrifying yeah she said she was really scared of me (laughs) karen well in my dream i was chasing aaron carter so it was very important to me to get outside and follow his you should have led with that because that all makes so much sense do you remember when aaron carter followed a bunch of us on twitter uh i was not oh well i don't have a twitter so maybe that's why I don't have Twitter anymore, but when we were in college, I think someone that was from our college, from LMU, worked for him, and they started following everyone, and I was like, oh my god, Aaron Connor's following <laughs> I me. made it. Finally, my sleep dream came through, came true. Really? Seriously. But dang, your first sleepwalking experience. Well, I did have that one, but it was like when it's like that nightmare thing where my dad saw my sister being possessed and then he turned True. around and I was sleepwalking. But I guess the first in my adult years, if I'm considered an adult. We don't know if this is the first, though. This is just the first time you've been caught. That is true. I do talk a lot in my sleep and I have been caught doing that many times. Do you make sense when you talk or is it just gibberish? Uh, some occasions I make sense and some I don't. It's always interesting because, like, my college roommate, Jenny, she was very articulate when she would sleep talk. That's so weird. Yeah, like, full sentences. It was really weird. 
I wonder who she's talking to. <laughs> she was just it was, she was just narrating her dreams. Like I would know what she was <laughs> dreaming about in the morning. I'd be like, there was one time when I said, "Was Britney Spears in your dream last night?" And she said, oh, "How did you know?" And I said, "Because you announced her when she arrived. You said Britney Spears." <laughs> oh, every person who enters your dream, you must announce. Here comes Sabrina. Everyone clap for Sabrina. <laughs> Dang. It's actually me because I'm astral projecting to you. Oh, and my birthday happened and you sent me a birthday gift. I did. I should say what you sent me. <laughs> I'm excited about it. You <laughs> gave me a coloring book that's just pigs. Mm-hmm. And then you also gave me a grow your own like herb garden sort of lamp thing so that I can actually grow them inside because I tried many a times and they all die. So now yeah. I have a light to grow my food. I'm really excited to see what you grow. I think I well, I also chose that because you told me you can't have a planter box outside. Mm-hmm. So I figured you moved you to Beacon have... Hill for the planter boxes, and then the one apartment that I'm in says no planter boxes. I'm like, oh, how rude! So rude. I was gonna grow tomatoes and carrots. And mm. Realistically, all the food that I don't eat because I don't like vegetables. <laughs> I just want to look cool. My mom had the best garden growing up. Oh, I love gardens. We would go every weekend and pick all the vegetables. Wait, oh, the garden wasn't at your house? No, it was. It was in my backyard, but we'd go on the weekends. We'd like... Oh, the way you phrased it made me think you guys were like venturing off to a garden. Oh, like I own a big farm. Yeah. I mean, New Jersey is the garden state, so it wouldn't be too far off. Did you ever grow asparagus? No, I don't think so. I learned how asparagus grows because I how was at grow? a friend's house and they have a massive garden and I saw the asparagus and it just, I, I guess I realized at that point that I never thought about how asparagus grows before and if I had to picture it, I kind of pictured it growing off of trees like those little <laughs> like icicle decorations that you get <laughs> for Christmas Oh, gosh. But they just grow. They're just straight up out of the ground. These, like, sticks like, of oh, asparagus. Like, grass? Grass asparagus? Yeah. Grass asparagus. That's so crazy. I would believe that before I would believe it hanging from trees. The icicle trees? I like I like the icicle trees more. I think it's more magical. <laughs> just asparagus falling from the sky and hitting you on the head. Christmas time <laughs> is here. Okay, so this episode, this week is another week where our theme was picked by one of our Patreon donors. If mm-hmm. you're confused about how that happens, just go over to our Patreon. Picking the topic is part of one of the tiers. It's part of two of the tiers. We would appreciate it. And we love, it's it's fun to get in, topics inspired by our listeners. It's a little more challenging. There's more pressure put on us to choose good ones and understand yeah. what we're actually talking about. <laughs> when it's just us, it's like, whatever. But then when it's you guys, it's like, oh, man, we have to make it good for them. Right. So this week, our Patreon dona- donor, Sarah, picked the Wild West mm-hmm. or Southwest American ghosts. The Wild Wild West. There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> There's a snake in my boot. Is it bad that like my only conception of the Wild West is like Woody from Toy Story? <laughs> <laughs> and then also, what's that movie? Uh, oh, Holes. Those are my two conceptions. Oh my gosh, Holes. Oh, what was her name? <laughs> Uh, Kiss and Kate Barlow. Kiss and Kate Barlow. She had poisonous lipstick. Holes was amazing. Amazing. I think I it, that solidified my crush on Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. 
that's when he he really took off yeah also westworld westworld is all the wild west that's true and and i feel like it's a good show to visualize when we're telling these stories but visualize everyone as humans and everyone's dying for real i had to actually look up the dates of the wild west because they're just in the west in general in america mm-hmm. everything is haunted pretty much yes <laughs> every yeah. town every hotel alien abductions everywhere <laughs> skinwalkers and little mountain creatures just craziness happening yep there's a whole it's like a little um vortex to the paranormal and odd creatures very odd very odd there's actually a place in New Jersey called Wild West City that we used to go to growing up. And it's just this like replica town of the Wild West. And you would go and you like the inner theater geek of me would just like freak out going there because you get to like dress up and act the part of the Wild West. And you get that like, is those so rubber band guns. Cooler than I thought. Wait, but actually you should go mm-hmm. out in Los Angeles. Uh, there is... I don't remember what it's called now. It escaped my mind. But there, um, it's like an old Western kind of like ghost town looking spot. Hmm. And it they film on it. It's like Oh, old... is it in Palm Springs? No, it's in Los Angeles. I went to oh, it. Oh, really? Huh. Like my I cousin and I drove to it. And it took maybe 30, 45 minutes from when I was living in Hollywood to get there. Oh, cool. So it's close. It's up in the mountains. It's really, really awesome. We walked around with a tour guide and she was telling us about all the different shows that film there and like where they filmed and the mountainscape in the background is used a lot for even movies about like Asia. If it's like a war movie in Asia, they use that mountainscape. Oh, you should, that's so interesting. We'll look it up. I, don't I will. There's actually a place kind of in Malibu. Well, it's kind of further than Malibu. It's called Cornell. But... Um, and the old post office is turned into a restaurant and it is really cool. And it, I actually took, we went a few weekends ago and you don't feel like you're in LA anymore. It just feels like an old saloon. Do you have pictures? Yeah, I do. I'll send them to you. That sounds so awesome. That's what I love. I love when things are turned into something else and then it's like a lot of the history is kept. Yeah. It's like, well, bit bar up in Salem, the old Salem jailhouse, uh, which is now a bar. And yep. they have the old jail cells, the doors everywhere. The bathroom there was so creepy. The bathroom was scary because you were, it wasn't populated enough when we went. So every time you went to the bathroom, no one else was there. You were always in the restroom. And it was like, oh. and then you're just thinking about all the ghosts because it's haunted. Speaking of haunted, should we get into what we picked? Yes, we should. Okay. I believe so, I am first. We're in the Wild West as we are supposed to be. <laughs> and I was thinking about ghosts in the Wild West and how there are ghost towns. So I was like, well, a ghost town would be awesome. But what is better than a ghost town? A ghost town with actual ghosts. Because <laughs> not all ghost towns have ghosts. It just means people aren't that there anymore. Abandoned. Yeah. So I picked St. Elmo. It's in Colorado and it's Colorado's best preserved ghost town. Whoa. And it's said to actually have the most amount of paranormal activity in the state. Which, as we know, yeah, everything is the most. So one of because maybe. it draws people in. It does. And how can you say what's more or less when it comes to paranormal paranormal right. activity? Exactly. It's it's uh, nine thousand nine hundred feet above sea level. So okay. difficult to breathe, probably. That's just Colorado in general. 
and it has very beautiful wooden storefronts that are still standing. The town is pretty much in pristine condition except for like the desert dust slightly coating the walls and there was a really big fire back in the day so half the town isn't there anymore and some of the right. uh, buildings have actually like slid down the mountain or just started to Whoa. be a little more crumbled but for the most part the buildings that are still standing look great they look like they could be you could film a movie there right now Inside of the windows sit lace curtains and old signage, so very much feels like they're still open. And you can drive down the main street, which is called Poplar Street, and picture yourself living in the wild west town, riding horses and dodging the shootouts. Yeah, you got to ride your horse down down that street. St. Elmo was originally called Forest City, and it was settled in 1878, and it became an official town in 1880, when an official post office was brought in and the town adopted the name St. Elmo because there were already too many forest cities in the area because apparently everyone in Colorado wants to name their town Forest City, I guess. What about originality? Come on. There are trees. There are forests. Forest (laughs) City. This town was one of the many gold rush towns that had gold, silver, a bunch of other things that I forget. Other things that you grab from the earth and people buy them from you yeah isn't that a weird concept that you go dig something up like that the earth created and then you're like pay me money for this right it's such a yeah the fact that we were like oh this is shiny we can make money of it like it's all constructed (laughs) in our minds like there's no actual value to it it is literally from the dirt It's so crazy. And everyone thinks, people think that humans are so intelligent, but we all just really like shiny things. And we really just all like money and power. And so we pretend rocks are worth a lot of money. So weird. There were four mines in the area, and then St. Elmo itself housed over 2,000 people. So that was a lot of people for a little town, and especially just a mining town. Like, it was popping. A little fun fact, the Mary Murphy mine, which was, well, it's now shut down, but it was one of the four mines in the area, and it was the most profitable. It yielded over $60 million worth of gold. Damn. Again, made up concept, but you know, that is a lot of money. (laughs) We actually don't know anything. It must be about like the composition of gold and the strength. And I know people are going to be yelling at us like, it is actually Don't you know anything about gems and stones and rocks? No, I don't. I don't know anything about actually, though, when I was younger, when I went to like the Wild West City, I would collect rocks. I was a rock collector. Did you ever get to sift? Yeah. When you go through the water and you sift through it. Yes. So cool. Well, not only was there money to be made in St. Elmo, but the town itself had plenty of fun activities for its largely male population. Oh, there were <laughs> always catering to the men. Yes. Yes, and very much so. So there were dance halls, clubs, saloons, <laughs> which are bars, and body houses, which are brothels. So Body houses. Body. Uh, oh it became gosh. a stop on the major railroads. So St. Elmo was like... Like I said before, it was popping. Like, it was a great town to be in. There was access to everywhere from the town. Everyone's getting rich. Everyone's getting drunk, spending the night with some ladies. It was popular. (laughs) Much like Vegas nowadays. 
And then since it was a stop on the major railroads, they built up the town more. So they built hotels, restaurants, sawmills. They even had a local paper. And in 1910, the town kind of started on its decline. Miners started to leave the town to find new locations. And by 1926, the railroads were ripped up. So it was like, goodbye, St. Elmo. We don't care about you anymore. No one's trying to come here. So they just (laughs) ripped up the railroads. And many of the residents left, with the exception of the Stark family. And the town changed from a mining town to a tourism town until eventually becoming a ghost town. That's so sad to think that, like, everyone just abandons their home. But I guess that's how it was back then, you know? You just pick up and move to the new hot spot. Yeah, it was a very transient community. I mean, St. Elmo didn't have plumbing or electricity. It's not like they're... Oh, you would hate that. It's nasty. (laughs) It smells bad. The drive to St. Elmo is quite scenic and beautiful, I am told by the internet people. It is a perfect way to put you at ease before potentially being swarmed by the souls of the miners and outlaws and pioneers. Oh my gosh. One such ghost, it's the most, she's the most famous ghost of St. Elmo, is Annabelle Stark also known as Dirty Annie, which is the worst nickname. So horrible. Her father was the section boss in the mines, and he also owned the Home Comfort Hotel, which was said to have been actually the cleanest of the hotels with the best Mm. meals and the best stuff, I guess. Annabelle's mother ran the general store and the hotel. So her father worked in the mines, owned the hotel, And her mother ran it and then also ran the general store. And I guess Annabelle's mother was really strict on her and her two other brothers. And she was known to be super tough and just, I don't know, just maybe should have raised them differently Hmm. in the area that they were in. But also, it was also, are we both about to say the same thing? I don't know. You go first. I was going to say it was also a town of transients, very male exactly what i was gonna say yeah so you gotta have your daughter and your kids on a tight rope because it's like you kind of have to be tough love because you don't want them to get stranger danger yeah (laughs) so annabelle's mom was tough on her and her brothers which was a bummer but whatever annabelle was super beautiful so i guess she had to be reeled in a little bit and she (laughs) just really loved the town that she grew up in and actually um her family, the Stark family, was the only family for many years who lived there full-time, as full-time residents year-round. Wow. However, with age, Annabelle lost some of those good looks that she was known for. And she and became pretty, dirty? She, she literally did. So she <laughs> lost her good looks. She turned more angry and bitter and cruel towards other women. And she actually had three children of her own. She, like, went off. It moved to like Tanzania or somewhere with this man she met. They got married. But then two years later, no one knows what happened. She came back with three children and without the guy. So Three kids in two years? I know. Like bang, 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 man. Pop them all out. Pop them out. She wouldn't, similar to her own mother, she had a very tight grip on her three children. And she wouldn't let them outside because she didn't want them near the townspeople. The kids weren't allowed to go to local dances or social activities outside of their home because Annabelle was like, our family is high class. We go to church every week and Mm. we're more wealthy than everyone else here. 
And so I don't want you hanging out with these peasants. That's a, uh, you know, it's an interesting uh, outlook on life. Rough life for her kids. So clearly Annabelle's status got to her head. (laughs) However, Annabelle's mind started to drift away from reality and she no longer took care of herself she started wearing dirty clothes had matted hair and so the townspeople nicknamed her dirty annie that's so sad so sad and at one point her and her children and her brother tony were the only ones left in town her other brother passed away alongside her mom and everyone else had just moved away over the past like five or six years Mm. um And so they were the only ones left in town and her and Tony and her kids just kind of neglected the stores and the surrounding area and they let trash build up everywhere. There was stale tobacco and open food containers and just like cluttered surfaces and the general store began to smell sour and uninviting. Sounds like New York City. The greatest city on earth. The one with all the trash and smells like urine. (laughs) New York. I like going to New York because it is like a fun city and it it really is the city that doesn't sleep. However, I we know that I'm a very scent-oriented person yeah. and the smell really gets me. Oh, but those street carts, the falafel, man, so good. Anyway, this town is dirty. It's gross. She, Annabelle, who once loved the town with such passion and cared so much about herself and her town has now let everything just go and then in 1947 a book was published stating that saint elmo was a ghost town but annabelle and tony were still living there so they were really really mad and then they claimed <laughs> that the book led people to not enter the town which it's like no it was your neglect of every building but whatever uh, Annabelle would load up her shotgun and march down the streets waiting oh. for intruders to try to take My. over the town. Can you imagine just like, she must have looked insane. Just like dirty clothes in like a dirty street with a shotgun. Yeah. I don't. I'd be scared. <laughs> it sounds really scary. I don't think she ever used her gun. I never read any stories of her shooting people. But, but we wouldn't know because those people are dead. The neighboring town was like really bad in terms of crime. And I guess sheriffs didn't live long in that town. So maybe some uh, ghosts are walking over from there. There's a new sheriff in town. Eventually, Annabelle passes away. But people have reported still seeing her roam around trying to protect the streets. So if you go to St. Elmo, you may see Annabelle in the hotel window or maybe patrolling the main street And if you see her, you may get excited, but remember, this is Annabelle's town, and don't draw attention to yourself or provoke her, because you're an outsider, and this is a woman who is known to be a bit crazy and have a gun. So, it's best not to find out what she's capable of. And there are people who have encountered Annabelle, and luckily no one's been shot, but I'll tell you a few. Okay. So, after she passed away, the hotel was given to a... uh, family friend and the family friend then owned the hotel with their grandchildren and family and everything Mm -hmm. and i'm not sure if annabelle was a fan of this because one time the grandchildren 
of the new owner were playing inside of the hotel and all the doors suddenly slammed shut. The <gasps> temperature in the room dropped about 20 degrees and the children were trapped inside this cold, dark room, like screaming oh. to be let out, screaming for help. My gosh. And then however many minutes later, the door eventually opened up, but the room was still extremely cold and it took a while for it to get warm again. That Could you imagine being a young child and being... I mean, this is my fear, being locked in a room. It's one thing if your sibling or someone comes up and locks you in a room and then you're just mad and scared but to know that it was it was something you couldn't see and that no one is around Mm -hmm. that's terrifying yeah and then one of the older grandchildren who was in her 20s she decided that she would take on the task of cleaning out the hotel so she gathered some of her friends to help her and they were washing the walls scrubbing the floors doing any minor repairs that they knew how to do and all seemed fine except for their tools and cleaning supplies would be moved a lot so they would at the end of the day they'd put everything away they put it in the closet Mm -hmm. and then when they'd come back in the morning everything would be in the middle of the room and at first they were like oh maybe we just forgot maybe we were really tired but it kept happening it was consistent and they even did like Hmm. put a padlock on the closet and locked the supplies in there at the end of the night and in the morning everything was out in the middle of the floor I wonder why Annabelle would do that because she didn't seem to care about cleaning. So that that makes sense what you're saying. Like she kind of let things go. So why would she care? But the yeah. other thing I'm thinking of is we talk about or a lot of people report that when they see loved ones who passed over or maybe apparitions of people who've passed over that they don't always appear at the age or condition in which they had passed. So maybe right. she was mentally deteriorating towards the end and when she passed she was given like that clarity of her mind again so it would make sense that she'd want them to clean and like do a great job and that she'd also be angry at the children having fun because children should not have fun that's true children are meant to be seen and not heard (laughs) ridiculous like (laughs) if that's your if that's what you think like don't have kids Don't you know? They're loud and unruly and sticky. Always sticky. Always sticky. (laughs) Or just like snot running down their nose and they don't even pay attention to it. There was a video game back in the day. I think it was like Zelda or something. And you could run over to this little like island area across the bridge or wherever it was. And there was a little boy with snot hanging out his nose. (laughs) And he'd run up and try to like flick his head up and hit you with his snot. With his booger? Yes, it was so gross. But Danger I, oh, boogers! That was like my favorite part of the game. I just run over there and try to run away from him while he tried to <laughs> snot on me. Anyway. That's amazing. <laughs> Not all of Annabelle encounters are so frightening. In fact, this is, I think this is really cool. There was a woman whose family was renting a cabin nearby and she was skiing down the main street called Poplar Street, like I said before. Mm-hmm. And I looked on Google Earth and it, it doesn't look extremely like an incline so i'm assuming she was nordic skiing like cross-country skiing because at first i was like wow you can ski ski down the town but i think she was just cross-country skiing okay Um, that makes sense so her family was renting a house nearby so she was cross-country skiing through the town and then she noticed a beautiful woman dressed in a long white gown holding back the lace curtains and staring out the second story window of the home comfort hotel And she was like, this is confusing because she had known the woman who owned the hotel. And she knew that that woman was out of town for the night. So the hotel was actually closed. Like no one was 
staying right. there. No one was inside of it. It was locked up. So she followed the gaze of the woman because the woman was staring out the window. And then she noticed that the woman was actually looking at the snowmobilers. There were snowmobilers heading into town. And there are a lot of trails around that area, but snowmobiling is illegal, I think, on that main street in St. Elmo or maybe the whole town of St. Elmo. So the skier went over and told the group who was snowmobiling that it's illegal. And so they left. They turned around and left. And Mm -hmm. the skier turned back to the hotel and the woman was still there in the window. And now she was looking at the skier and the woman just, the woman in the window just gave the skier a nod of approval. Like, thank you. And disappeared just like that. Thank you for keeping my town safe. Yes. And so the skier was really confused and was like, "Mm, it seems like she disappeared, but that must be (laughs) my memory. That just must be my mind because that doesn't happen. Right. And so the next day she told the hotel owner and they went together to look because that's scary if someone broke in. Right. So they searched everywhere, but every door and window was locked and no one would have been able to get in and no living person would have been able to vanish. So it's definitely Annabelle. Uh, And while not every guest of St. Elmo sees Annabelle, people have reported seeing windows and doors open on their own, open and close on their own. Mm-hmm. feeling spots of coldness uh, and hearing strange noises. And also children often report feeling uneasy. It sounds like she does not like children. I don't think she does. And it's like, why did you have three then? But I feel like women at that time didn't always have the choice and birth control was not a thing. True. Or maybe she always did like children, but she was raised to think that children should be a certain way. And so that's the right. way that she's always been. Right. So young children running around in their butterfly sparkly t-shirts and jumping off of the curb is not something she likes to say because that's not how right not how children should be not how so i'd recommend everyone go to saint elmo i myself would love to go there it's now on my list it's actually so cool looking and it's still called a ghost town but i think if your residents either live on the outskirts of the town or in the neighboring towns Hmm. um so i'm not sure if it's technically a ghost town still but all of that, like all those buildings are abandoned. But the general, there is a general store there that's open all summer long. Wow. Catering to the tourists. And Annabelle runs it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> she just throws snacks at people. <laughs> you get Take hot this. Cheetos. You get hot Cheetos. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, I think we should go to St. Elmo. But before we go, I do need to look up uh, just about their plumbing and about the different types of restrooms that they could have and also i do have a question because i don't remember when like feminine care products became a thing and what did people do with them before plumbing plumbing happened was it before I, was it after i don't know i don't know i really don't i don't have the answer um so i also did a ghost town but similar to yours it could be called a living ghost town because it still has about a thousand residents Oh, wow. That doesn't feel like a ghost town at all. A thousand residents? That's a yeah. lot. I think that's why they call it a living ghost town, because it's it's not in use the way that it was intended to be used. Okay. It's called Pioche, Nevada, and it's, a, it's in Lincoln County, Nevada. It's 180 miles northeast of Las Vegas, so maybe that's where I was trying to sleepwalk to. 
<laughs> I don't know. Or Area 51. Yeah, it recorded at like about a thousand people living there. And I think that was during the 2010 census. So that's kind of outdated. But that was that is now. And back in the late 1800s, Pioche was a town of glory, which catered to a mining boom unlike anything anyone had ever seen before. And at a point, I think the town reached, I think, anywhere between 8,000 to 10,000 people. That was like the peak of its population. Wow. That's pretty big. Yeah. Um, it's no Los but, Angeles, but like. Right. But for a small like mining hometown. town. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Pioch quickly went from glory to gory as it became one of the most horrifically. <laughs> Did you what? write that or was that cut and I paste? wrote that. <laughs> I was really <laughs> so proud. funny. <laughs> i like it thank you they um, should pay you for that and they can use that as their catchphrase but yes because it quickly became one of the most horrifically violent towns in the country and it's actually one of the most violent wild west towns um although it's not always talk the most talked about the only law in pioch was guns wait what the, the, the law was guns have guns? the law was guns it was just guns was Guns were law. So it said, so, here are the laws. And then it said, number one, guns. And that's guns, it. And that's it. Yeah. Well, that's not very descriptive. No, it that is not. And um, it's actually said that 60% of the homicides in Nevada during the 1870s took place in Pioche. <laughs> and they said, it said that 72 people died of being shot or killed in a murderous way before a single person died of natural causes. It seems like people were a-okay with shooting everyone back then. Yes. So were there people that were like, this isn't okay? Or was it just, if society tells us to, do you think you and I would be okay with shooting people? Had we been raised in a different I don't know. Time. I mean, I mean, this is what brings up the question of Westworld. Like, what is what are humans truly wanting to do? Like people go to Westworld. I know it's fictionalized, but if that existed, people would go and they would just shoot people. I I know they're robots, but they would shoot them without thinking twice. I know. So as far as history goes, the town was settled in 1864 after a local Native American revealed silver ore to a man named William Hamblin. He was a famous prospector and the first white man to settle in Meadow Valley, which is the greater area that Pioch is in. Uh, so Hamblin organized a group of men to settle the area and a bunch of men from California made their way to Meadow Valley. And Hamblin was one of the first people to die because of a Pioch debacle because later in the years there was an ownership battle of like who really owned the mines. And he was go he was due to speak in court, but he was poisoned to death. See, that is very different from what I would picture happening to him in the Wild West. Well, maybe there was just one person who's like, you know what? Shooting someone with a gun is just too easy. I'm going to I'm gonna take it up a notch. Maybe know. they didn't want to be seen. Like, like children, not seen or heard. Yes. Children it, and poisoners are very similar. It must have been a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting way for him to be killed. But we're going to get to guns very quickly. Um, so the Native Americans quickly became very annoyed and were like, damn, we made a mistake by showing Hamblin this land because now all of these white settlers are coming in. So there were actually like tons and tons of massacres and raids between the white settlers and the Native Americans that were living on that land. Um, 
I think there was one that was called the Mormon Massacre because a lot of the uh, settlers were Mormons. They must have been fresh Mormons because Mormonism was like, wasn't that created in the mid 1800s? It must have been. Okay, so in 1868, Francois La Poche, who was a financier from San Francisco, purchased the land and incorporated it. And then the land was named by a woman, which I was really excited. But then I saw that it was named after a man. So Who you get what you can take. Who was she chose to name it after? If it was like her father or her only son, then that, that that's I don't cute. think it was. Because her name was Mrs. Carmichael Williamson. And his name was Francois L.A. Pioche. Maybe it was her first grade crush. And she was trying to impress him. <laughs> Maybe. What was your first grade cut crush? First grade I have no idea. Okay, what was your first crush? Because now you have to name whatever town you get. You have to name your town after your first crush. I told crush. you about my first crush. My first crush was Chandler. And then remember I met him out at the bar here in Boston. And he was so mean. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was like talking to some other guy. And I he mentioned where he was from in new hampshire and i was like oh i lived there until i was five i had a crush on a guy named chandler and the guy freaked out and was like chandler's here oh my god and he brought chandler over and chandler was extremely rude to me like so rude he, like i wasn't being weird at all i was mostly talking to his friend and my arms were crossed it wasn't like i was like oh my god chandler right so my i am so mad that i met him i hope no one ever has to see their first crush again because it ruins the magic of your first crush I don't think I had a crush on a boy until like sixth grade. I was celibate. Actually, <laughs> I hope you were then. <laughs> I remember my actual first crush. It was in preschool. I had a crush on a high schooler named Duncan. Oh, I do remember mine. I had, yeah, my first crush was on an older boy too. Yeah. He was British. Wow. I'm shocked mm-hmm. you had a British guy. Like I didn't have access to anyone with accents unless it was like a rural Maine or New Hampshire <laughs> accent. That's nice. I had lots of access to uh, I have, I also have so many British and Australian cousins and family. So. Oh, yeah. We're going to go with she had a crush on Pioch. So that's why she named it that. Um, but yeah, then it quickly became the most notorious mining town, reaching the height of its boom in 1872. By 1873, the town was reported as follows. About one half of the community are thieves, scoundrels, and murderers. And then we have some of the best folks in the world. And you can go uptown and get shot very easily, or you can live peacefully if you can dodge bullets. And then it said, hired gunmen are imported at the rate of 20 a day to fight mining claim encroachments. The sheriff's office could count on about 40,000 years. 30, God, I got head up in it. <laughs> about the sheriff's office could count on about forty thousand dollars a year in bribe money dang some crooked cops up there yeah so the cops and actually i'm stealing a line from ghost adventures the only difference between the murderers and the cops were the badge when did they say that ghost adventures went to this town and i watched a clip and that's what the sheriff I was like, that's such a specific quote that you took that completely <laughs> applies to what you're talking about. <laughs> what episode was this? Everything Zach says applies to everything. <laughs> My mind was blown. The glitch, the matrix. 
Okay, so like I said, guns were the only law in Pioch during this time, and dozens of saloons and red light districts only added to the chaos. So in total, there were 72 saloons, three hurdy-gurdy houses, which are dance halls, but they called women who danced hurdy-gurdies, so they named these houses hurdy-gurdy houses. Why can't we call them hurdy-gurdies now? That's so much more I fun. Mean, I'm a damn good hurdy-gurdy. I'm going to the hurdy-gurdy tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. We can or like the it. disco. Like now it's just like we're going to the club. Who cares? My grandma was talking about how after high school, like when she would go on dates, it would be like a Friday night mm-hmm. when she was in high school and they'd go do a f- the jitterbug. Oh, she was like all my dates yeah. on Friday night, I'd go, We'd like they'd pick me up and we'd go to the dance club and we would dance the jitterbug. And I was like, wow, that sounds so much more spectacular than what people do nowadays on Friday nights. Dance the grinding. Literally twerk on the walls and butt claps. Although that is a skill for those of us who are buttless. I, I agree. I do watch I agree, that but and it say, is... wow. <laughs> I wish. But it is not something that would like be cool to tell your grandkids. Grandma used to smack her butt cheeks together on Friday night. <laughs> and all the boys would watch. <laughs> oh okay not something you'd ever want so that to is... teach your grandchildren <laughs> <laughs> okay so there are also um 32 maisons de joie which i believe were brothels two theaters two breweries two gravity-fed water systems and uh, two fire companies and then a stable which held and maintained 300 horses uh, the town is also home to the very first Murderer's Row. It's a section within Boot Hill, Boot Hill Cemetery that contains the graves of over 100 murderers and people who have been murdered. Um, a lot of them are unmarked. And in the courthouse, there's actually a list of all the people who have died in the town. Uh, because I'm pretty sure records weren't kept in Pioch, Nevada until 1876. So a lot of the deaths that happened before then aren't really recorded. Mm. Um, Pioch burnt and flooded several times. So similar to your town, there are a lot of buildings that have been burnt down over the years. But what exists today is pretty much like the historic relics and storefronts that existed back then. Mm-hmm. But there are still a lot that have disappeared because of fires and flooding. So, yes, like I said, it remains fully, almost fully intact for tourists and ghosts alike. So, as is clear from everything I've told you. That gun is law. There are a lot of ghosts in this town. There's a story from a resident of the town who claims seeing odd and unexplainable things and that it's actually very common in the town. He said he worked at the Silver Cafe and things would move on their own and bathroom sinks would turn on full blast. Uh, He also said that whenever you looked at the windows of the old hospital, it felt like something evil was staring back at you. And... Someone actually bought the old hospital building intending to restore it, but the work stopped a month in and then he put it back up for sale because it was clearly did not want to be restored because the ghost didn't like it. And then there's Boot Hill Cemetery. So it's got it, it got its name. And I think there are a bunch of Boot Hill Cemeteries throughout the world, but they got their name because people who were buried there were buried in their boots. You can visit the cemetery today and then you can walk through and all of the tombstones have 
crazy inscriptions. Like one of them says, Morgan Courtney, feared by some, respected by few, detested by others, shot in the back five times from ambush. And then another one says, John B. Lynch, shot during dispute over dog. Oh. Another one says, it doesn't have a name, but it says, shot in the head five times by corrupt jailers. So there's just like very gruesome deaths that have taken place. And what I think is interesting is that these tombstones detail specifically how the person was killed it's so different from how it is nowadays and i know that no one wants to put that on their tombstone because it's you don't want to remember someone in the way that they passed like you want to remember happier times but it's just so interesting to look back on you know it tells a whole story and you get so much more information and like you said there weren't many records back in the day but the Mm -hmm. tombstones are the records I mean, it's the same with our fascination with murder. We just like to know how people died because it's it's one of our biggest fears in life because it's an and it's inevitable. So where there's like this weird sick fascination with it. The more you know, the more you're prepared to. That's you know? true. Um, okay, there's a woman who is a Spanish courtesan. Her name is Fanny Peterson. She was murdered by her lover on July twelfth, eighteen seventy two. So her lover apparently not a great lover, Lyman Perry Fuller happened to see Fanny pass by on the street as he was leaving home, and out of nowhere, he just began shooting at her. Um, One of the rounds shattered her radius of her right arm, and she tried to run but collapsed, so Fuller stood over her and fired two more shots into the woman. And she actually didn't die right away. She was in the hospital and then later died, but they found that... that, um, Fuller had tried to poison her previously and had tried to burn her, like commit arson and kill her in a fire. Um, And it is believed that her ghost is seen wandering around through the cemetery, but also throughout the town. Um, But people only catch like quick glimpses of her. It's just like her Mm -hmm. dress and like you see a phantom figure and then she disappears. Um, Similar with the cemetery, a lot of people see phantom figures walking through. Others have caught EVPs. Others have felt people touching them. But overall, it's not the, like, spookiest place in Pioch. Then there is the old courthouse and jail. And um, like I said, the police officers or sheriffs of the town were just as terrible as the gunslinging cowboys. So, yeah, there aren't many documented cases of paranormal activity in the courthouse, and it's possible because the court that that's the case because the courthouse wasn't completed until after like kind of the big boom of Pioch, because it took a million dollars to actually build the courthouse, and it wasn't paid off until like the 1900s. Like it took a very long time to pay it off. It was like dang, yeah. Um, their eyes were bigger than their pockets. Oh, so I mentioned the courthouse because. It is the creepiest thing in the world. Like when you when I was like doing research, I was looking at pictures of the town and the courthouse has and I'm imagining, have you ever seen the movie The House of Wax? Yes. So it, the courthouse just has these like human mannequins that look like the wax mannequins <gasps> in that movie. Like you know there's that one scene where the woman is like on a she's on a motor but she opens the the window and looks out. Oh yes, yes. Oh my god. Ew. Like that's what I, I imagine can't think these of that movie without thinking of Achilles tendons being Oh yeah, and like going up the stairs. But that's what this reminds me of because you walk in the courthouse, well I haven't done it, but there's photos of like you go in the courthouse and it's set up like a courthouse would have been back in the late 1800s and 
Do they move? It looks like they no, they don't. But it looks like their eyes follow you. It looks like they could move. That's like terrifying. If, if I was a ghost, I would be afraid of it. It's just like so human like, and it's just a little. You're off-putting. waiting for them to start moving or blink a it, little. Totally. And in one of the pictures, because they have like a jury, and then they have people sitting like the prosecutor and defenders. I don't know all the legal terms, but then there's a judge. But in one of the photos, there's a jury member who is looking straight in the camera. <laughs> it's so terrifying. That's so. And those wax thing, like wax figures, look really creepily yes. accurate sometimes. And they're just like slightly off, so you look at it and it feels off. It's almost like your fight or flight kicks in because it's just yeah. it's unnatural enough that, but also looks enough like a human that it makes you think danger, run. <laughs> yes stranger danger in the jail cells they you, if you go in the jail cells there are bullet holes in the back of the walls because the sheriffs would go in and just shoot prisoners dead in the cells that doesn't sound like a fair trial to me no and so when ghost adventures was there zach our friend zach said that Mr. he felt zach back he felt strong strong feelings of evil and anger in those cells yeah, which I makes bet. sense there's like you know, it's unfair. And then there is the Overland Hotel and Saloon, which is a fully functional hotel today. And you can stay there if you'd like. Ah, so and cool. the hotel website, before you make a reservation, it says, if you are looking for a gro- ghost free stay, please mention this to the front desk clerk and they will provide you with the room free of activity. <laughs> I wonder if that room is truly free like do they bless it and sage it and do that no or idea. is it just like the ghosts have their favorite rooms and that's not one of them i have no idea or is it or is it like all a lie and they just pretend to tell you that it's not haunted just so you can like appease your mind because how how can you control how can you control if the hotel is haunted how can you control what room it goes into and yeah where they go unless you're doing a lot of well, you can to a certain extent with like blessings and sage and whatnot. But but it sounds like, okay, I'll tell you some stories, but it sounds like whatever ghost spirits are in this building would probably not take too well to saging and probably get angry. Oh, and, and maybe if they are saging, this is why they're so angry. But so a lot of the employees have had experiences in the building. Um, this woman, Stephanie, who was working as maid and bartender at the Overland Hotel and Saloon for six years, said she, on many occasions, has had visits from spirits. She said when she first started working at the hotel, she never really thought about it being haunted. And then she started hearing footsteps and voices it, at times that she realized she was alone. She said one time she was upstairs cleaning and went into room eight. She opened the door and left to get something and then came back to find a ghost sitting there. She said it's the best way she could describe it. It's, it was a mist in the shape of a body that started floating across the room. She also said one time she was smoking while doing laundry downstairs. And all of a sudden, a heavy glass ashtray was thrown at her. Yikes. And then she said, okay, I'll stop smoking in here. And she actually didn't smoke in the hotel for a very, very, very long time because she was so afraid that like one time she wouldn't be looking and something would hit her in the head, you know? Wow. 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 To actually have something thrown at you thrown with the intention you. of hurting you very different and that is not the only experience where ghosts have tried to hurt people there is a trip advisor review titled hotel is definitely haunted and it reads (laughs) 
and it's from JD. So JD wrote that room number 10 in the Overland Hotel has a poltergeist problem. He said that him and his brother decided to spend the night at the hotel after the woman at the desk convinced them with a military discount and told them that room 10 was perfect for two rowdy cowboys. So they go in the room. They're like, oh, it's totally fine. It's a little bit outdated, but there's two separate bed- beds like kind of split up in the room. So it's like there's like a connecting room essentially, but there's no door. So JD was staying on one side of the room and his brother was staying on the other side. And at 4 a.m. he awoke to see a faint shadow figure in the foyer foyer between the two rooms and then it moved into the other room where his brother was sleeping at 4 30 a.m the the door to his brother's area slammed shut and then all of a sudden it started like sounding like there was a ruckus going on but jd was like oh it's nothing he's probably just like restless in his sleep and all of a sudden his brother burst into his room completely freaked out and goes a shadow figure came into his room slammed the door shut and attacked him by holding him down on the bed with a pillow Whoa. to the point where he could not breathe i just to have some creature on top of you holding you down yes and it'd be this with a pillow figure yeah that's the other thing like i would think that it would just be like its own pressure like f- making you feel choked but the fact that it actually took I don't think it needs the pillow to choke you, but no, it doesn't. But it, the fact that it added that, yeah, and it made it its intention very clear. Like I'm trying to smother yeah. you. Well, there's actually one story, and they don't know how. Well, I'll tell you. So, a man who was working at the hotel, his name is Doug. He had been working at the whole hotel for like three years, and at one point, a young man rented a room for a month, but and it was room number twenty three. Um, and after they didn't see him for a few days, they decided they should go check up on him. And the maid checked his room and found him dead. Wow. And so they don't know. I didn't say specifics, but they believe there's like a weird thing that happened, whether he died of natural causes, overdose, or a spirit. The people are getting murdered by ghosts in the hotel? It's possible. That's a really bad PR for them. Yeah. Well, it sounds like a lot of people who are into ghosts actually go to this hotel hoping to find ghosts because um, Ghost Adventures actually spent a week in the hotel filming an episode. Um, There's one last review of the hotel to sell it to all of you ghost hunters. Um, Another reviewer wrote wrote that he woke up in the morning to a blood-curdling scream from his wife. He flew out of bed expecting to find an ex-murderer only to find his wife saying that she felt someone touch her. And they both were not for believing in ghosts. But after that day, they were 100% convinced. See, that's the thing. There are so many people that experience paranormal activity and they still are like, what? That's crazy. I don't believe. And it's like, because it's they don't want to. It's it's almost easier to deny than to accept. True. It's just oh, and there's a there's actually a ghost dog. At that hotel as well. Ghost dog. But uh, yeah, I don't think I'm going to go stay at that hotel anytime soon. Before I was like, that sounds cool. But with the risk of dying, I don't think anyone would want to go stay in. What is it? Room 10? Room 10. Yeah. Um, But Pioch is a like tourist attraction. They have a museum and a bunch of cool places to go visit. So you can go if you'd like. You don't have to stay at at a haunted hotel. Maybe make like a, we should do like a Vegas trip where we go to Zach's Haunted Museum and go to Pioch. Yeah. <laughs> you're not, you're not thrilled about that. Don't want to go to 
a museum filled with the worst <laughs> beings that are all tied to these objects and you have to sign a freaking waiver before you go in and see half of them yeah the debuck boxes in there yeah why would i subject myself to that already being someone who's more sensitive they would they would pick me out and say that girl that girl knows i want her maybe you go and you tell me about it <laughs> <laughs> but me being alone is gonna make me so scared other people i'm sure will go with you i just i can't i've Fine. gone to vegas too many times i'm vegas out for the rest of my life and I, also, I think i am too after this weekend yeah you've gone more than me a lot more <sighs> i might throw up let's not talk about it anymore okay <laughs> still hungover. i'm just kidding listener stories dun 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 it's that time what do you have for me this is from allison it's called copper queen hotel in bisbee arizona Ooh. Hi, ladies. I just recently discovered your podcast, and I've always been interested in slash scared of the paranormal. <laughs> it's mostly just an interest now. I'm only scared sometimes. <laughs> That's okay. We're scared all the time. All the time. <laughs> Anywho, a few years ago, I was visiting my family in Arizona, and my godmother decided we should all take an overnight trip to Bisbee, Arizona. I was all for it until I found out we were staying in one of the oldest, if not the oldest, hotels in Arizona. Not only do the locals think that this hotel is haunted, but the person at the front desk told us it was too and totally played into it. Oh my God. <laughs> I was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's been featured on two ghost hunting shows and they experienced things. My cousin and I were terrified to sleep at the hotel that night, even though we went around the hotel leaving candy for the little boy ghost that supposedly went around collecting it. That's oh my so cool. That is really cool. There are several people who supposedly died in the hotel or nearby and have returned after death for whatever reason. So everyone else went to sleep for the night. All five of us stayed in one room for the night. But my cousin and I were way too scared. So we decided to watch Netflix in the bathroom until the morning. <laughs> in the bathroom. <laughs> so we were in there for a while and it sounded like the door to the room opened and there was walking around the room. We thought it was his parents who woke up and we were looking. And were looking for us since we weren't in the bed. We decided to open the door and let them know that we were in there so that we wouldn't get in trouble. But when my cousin opened the bathroom door, everyone was completely asleep in their bed and the door was closed. That was terrifying and confusing. So we quickly <laughs> closed the door and stayed there until the morning. We got in trouble for staying in the bathroom all night anyway. <laughs> Later on, my cousin told me that he saw a little boy standing by his dad in the middle of the night too. Ooh. Also, on the way up to one of the floors or down to the lobby, I smelled a very florally scent like a woman's perfume, but there was no one around. I think it was Julia Lowell, who was one of the sex workers who died at the hotel and is known to hang around. So that's my story. I'll never go back to that hotel, <laughs> despite it being a very pretty hotel. I hope you liked my experience. Okay, bye, Allison. I mean, that's a pretty good experience. It yeah. wasn't like scary. I mean, yes, it was scary because you hear someone walking around, but it sounds like it was the little boy. I love that they hid in the bathroom. I just imagine them sitting in a bathtub like across from each other. <laughs> so uncomfortable to be in a bathtub, like in a bathroom all night. And as we know, bathrooms are quite commonly haunted by ghosts. I also like the story because they went to a haunted hotel and they ex very much experienced a few of them yeah. experienced the the ghost, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Like people go to the, I mean, they didn't want to, but other people go <laughs> to the hotel trying and hoping for a paranormal experience and they got one. They did. If I worked at a haunted hotel, I would totally play into it as well. I'd be like, oh my God, yeah, it's haunted for sure. There's ghosts everywhere. There's, got, There's one yeah. right there. It's behind you right now. It's oh like gosh. hanging out. No, you can't do that. You have to be real because people truly ask. You can't. But what if it is actually standing behind her? I wouldn't believe you if you told me. That's true. I do tend to um, make jokes of things. I love a good story. (laughs) I well, I told you about that story when we were in Aspen and there was the hotel we went to. I think it was Hotel Jerome. I might be making that up, but there was like the portrait of Waterboy. And the second mm-hmm. my dad walked in, like things flew off a table. Your dad is such a like beacon of oh, paranormal yeah. activity. Yeah, he is like wherever the he goes, to everything you. happens. Okay, do you have a story? I do, I do, I do, I do. Okay, so this is from Morgan, and she says, "SAT ghost and a bathroom haunting." Hi, ladies. I'm a new listener to your podcast. A friend recommended it to me because we're both big fans of MFM as well. I have to admit, I screen your episodes because I'm a scaredy pants, so I haven't listened to all of them, but definitely most. Fun fact, (laughs) I live right next to Salem, Massachusetts, and I am a modern-day witch. Anyway, I have two ghost stories for you. When I was in high school, early one morning, my best friend and I were headed to take the SIT. I picked her up, and when we were turning off her road, we see a man walking on the side of the street, and he's walking the same direction as we're driving, so we can only see the back of him. He's very tall and looks older, maybe 50s or so from what we can see. His clothes look super old and dirty and kind of discolored, and he's dressed like he's in a Wild West movie. Vest, cowboy hat, boots, etc. He's walking pretty slowly and carrying an rusted old shotgun he looked so out of place because it must have been barely 7 a.m on a saturday and he didn't and he just didn't look like he was of this realm since it was really early we were pretty tired and thought maybe we were hallucinating or something but when we frantically looked in the rearview mirrors shortly after passing him to confirm he was gone second story kind of like you guys i'm based just outside of boston went to school and lived in the city for several years and then two of my best friends live in california san francisco one year myself and another friend flew out to visit them for halloween oh they do the opposite of what we do i know uh she said my friend was hosting a halloween party and it was super fun until i had to pee and realized there was a line for the bathroom i waited for a while and then i asked the girl in front of me how long she had been waiting and she said a really long time so we decided to knock at the door and be like hey hurry the hell up and we hear a vague murmuring response. We start to get nervous that someone maybe got too drunk and stuck in there or something or just maybe not fully conscious. It becomes a whole party effort to try and help the person and make sure they're okay slash free up the bathroom. I'm walking around asking if anyone's missing a friend. They aren't. And several people, including some pretty strong dudes, are putting their full body effort into trying to bust down the door. It has a pretty flimsy lock, not a latch or anything, so it shouldn't be that hard, but they're having no luck. My friend whose party and bathroom it was has everyone be silent, turns off the music, and asks asks the person stuck in the bathroom to knock if they are okay to make sure that they haven't passed out. There's a knock, but no verbal response, so we're still worried. We tried to send someone through the window, but it was too high up and too small. We were about to call 911 when my friend tries one last time to bust open the door, and this time, with absolutely no resistance, it flies open so easily he basically falls into the bathroom. Uh... There was no one inside. 
I slept with my tiger's eye for perfection that n- protection that night just in case. Thanks for an awesome podcast to listen to. If you're ever back in Salem, let me know and I can tell you all the places the real witches go. Morgan. I am shocked. They and had an entire party. That's what I'm so excited about. It's <laughs> like the whole party stopped. The music was turned off. Probably like 30 people were all outside the door listening yeah. to a ghost. Yeah. That's crazy. So crazy. Wow. That's a good Halloween party. <laughs> yeah. Right? Best Halloween party. Best Halloween party. The ghosts come out on Halloween. It's like Halloween town. I'm sure that girl who was living in that apartment was really scared to ever go to the bathroom again. Yeah. Well, because if a ghost can lock themselves in there, so like, I mean, they were big dudes trying to open the door. They could lock her in there. I really hope she moved and that nothing bad happened. (laughs) But it's so interesting because I wonder what kind of spirit it was or like what was going on with the spirit because it it did sound like a sick person. Maybe maybe there was a spirit attached to someone that was at the party and it wasn't actually about the apartment at all. Or maybe it was kind of a premonition slash foreshadowing of what was to happen. Maybe someone would have gotten really sick at the end of the night and it was just like a glitch in the matrix. And they were preventing it something happened could have been a glitch or maybe the ghost knew that would happen and so caused this distraction to prevent that person from continuing to drink so they didn't have to end up in the bathroom throwing up ghosts save us once again or it was just a constipated ghost because it just couldn't poop in life and it couldn't poop in death gross (laughs) it's a real problem dad sabrina you're like just like dad jokes like bring up constipation the second you get the chance to it's like the whole like dropping the kids off at the pool joke highbrow humor (laughs) but it's also really cool that so when she was in high school she's from the boston salem area yeah i wonder what exact town it was that they were driving and saw that cowboy i know me too because i'm so curious I mean, I imagine it. I don't know a ton about Boston. I only know what you showed me. So I imagined it was the area outside of Sarah's apartment where it's like on the water. and then Oh, like, Swampskit? Yeah, just walking. But that's just because that's how I visualized yeah. it. But, but 7 so a.m. on a Saturday, it's no matter. Yeah, it's just going to look. He's going to look really out of place. Yeah. Among, I mean, and like we didn't have cowboys. Right. I mean, maybe. Did you? I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's a displaced ghost. Who knows? I really, it's it's so interesting because at any time of day, that would look out of place. Yeah, old dirty on where cowboy you are. holding a shotgun. That would be scary <laughs> to see. Yeah, when you're more in like the city area, yes, but like maybe not in like Montana. But this wasn't in Montana. This was Boston, Massachusetts. And Boston's very blue. It's a very blue state. So I'm not sure how many people are slinging guns gunslinging cowboy wow okay this was a fun episode it was fun i feel like a little four-year-old boy i feel like mike tv from willy wonka i just think of like my little brother like all the little kids all the little boys are obsessed with like cowboys and guns and like dump trucks and tractors and dinosaur stuff hey young girls can be into that stuff too yeah i'm just saying stereotypically young boys that's true are into that that's true my brother. my brother was. I'm thinking specifically yeah, my of brother. Christian Vienne. 
Oh, my brother always would get those rubber band guns and just shoot us with them, and it would hurt so bad. Oh, my God. Nope, that didn't happen to me because Christian would have gotten in trouble. I was a tattletale. He just did uh, blow darts. Just blow darts, but not aimed at anyone because it would have literally good. taken someone out. Um. Okay, guys, if you have ghost stories, have you been to the Wild West? Are you reincarnated from the Wild Wild West? Or just any ghost stories. Email them to us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. We have social media. We have Instagram. We have Facebook. We have Twitter. Facebook mm-hmm. group that you can join so long as you answer the two questions correctly. Otherwise, your request will just be sitting there forever. So remember to do that if yes. you are trying to get in. And iTunes reviews. That's Please. always wonderful. We really do appreciate them. And I think, yeah, I don't just do it. We don't have Just to explain it. it. We're on episode like 50 something. It's 51. Damn, 51. Girl. Like, And then we also have merchandise that's out. Uh, the link is you can find our merch through our website, which is two girls, one ghost podcast.com. Or also it's in the bio of our Instagram account. Yes. And. I also just added a bunch of long sleeve options because it's almost the fall and almost the winter and it's going to start getting cold. And if you want to wear ghost clothing while it's getting to be spooky season. All of the month of October, that's the only thing you should be wearing. Yes. You should have one, you should, for every day of the week, have a different TGOG shirt to wear. (laughs) (laughs) Or just wear the same one every single day and then get the nickname Dirty Annie. There we go. And then uh, we also have a Patreon. So as you guys know, we are an independent and quite small podcast. So uh, we do need your support in order to keep things yeah. going. And yes, to- we truly appreciate any donation of any size. You can change or edit it or delete it at any time. We will not be upset. We totally understand. But we do appreciate any donations, no yes. matter what size. And we will see you. See you. On the other other side. side.